0: Folks, it's great to have you with us for another Business Lunchtime Talk. Uh, We're learning from the leadership and from the life of this man called Nehemiah. So if you've been with us each week, uh, that's brilliant. Thanks for coming back again. If you're new to us, you're more than welcome as you join and learn and share with us uh, about business life and leadership. Today, I'm going to read uh, from Psalm 122, but we'll still be continuing our study uh, through Nehemiah uh, into the next chapter, which is chapter 3, uh, verses 1 to 32. But we're going to read uh, from Psalm 122, and this is a Psalm about the city of Jerusalem, uh, and that's the city that Nehemiah is now rebuilding, and how it looked and how uh, the people felt uh, at an earlier uh, time in life. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel. To give thanks to the name of the Lord, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And we trust uh, for God to bless that reading. This is a picture of Jerusalem uh, at a time when it functioned properly and when it functioned safely. As a prosperous city. Nehemiah uh, chapter 3, that we haven't read together, uh, partly because it's a lot of unfamiliar names that you probably struggle with, but you'll find it interesting uh, when you you take your own time and as you read through it. The the chapter deals with 40, 40 specific segments of the city walls of Jerusalem. As we said last week, are around two and a half miles long. Uh, the story moves uh, in an anticlockwise direction from the starting point of the Sheep Gate in the northeast corner. And it becomes apparent to us that the Jews, they unite in a common work for the good of the whole community. Everyone throws their weight behind the project. The spiritual leaders, the city officials, the craftsmen, anyone who could do a day's work. There was the rebuilding of the walls, and where it was necessary, it was right and was proper for the private houses to be rebuilt. In many ways, as you looked at the Jews at work, you could see that there was a sinking of self and a raising up of the interests of society, a trait that is often reflected in true citizenship and it's something we may see readjusted uh, after the working of this pandemic as there is a sinking of interest in self uh, and a greater interest in society. We can see that worked out in a variety of ways. Today with the coronavirus uh, pandemic we can see how companies are working together To produce NHS essentials at many at cost price. We can see business working for the common good, just as individuals are working at providing essential items delivered to people's homes. It was Nehemiah. He was the man who was able to unite all the people in a common work for the good of the people of the city. And that That, folks, was a big achievement. And we shouldn't misunderstand that or underestimate it. It was a big achievement. And Nehemiah achieved this because he gave the people of his day a vision. So we can ask, but what is a vision? Well, in this context, vision is what we see. But it's also the way in which we see. Vision can be... Determined or explained as the lens that interprets the events of our life, the way we view people, our work, our leisure, and yes, even our concept of God. vision consists of three components, or Nehemiah's vision certainly consisted of three components. Of foresight, of insight, and oversight. If we take uh, foresight... Foresight is like looking at life through a telescope. As we're all aware, we never fully know what is ahead of us. We never fully know what the future holds, but foresight is the thing that helps to connect us to the future. Foresight is thinking about what lies ahead. It helps us to see what's coming down the road. Foresight is also the element of vision that helps life make sense. It gives us the motivation, as we would say, to get out of bed in the morning. Nehemiah's vision it consisted of foresight, as we have explained. It also consisted of insight. And insight is a bit like looking at life through a microscope. So foresight was through the telescope, the broad view, the microscope now is the smaller details up close and this perception helps to give us an understanding of why things happen in life. Insight also helps us to understand the underlying motivation of our hearts and of our minds. Nehemiah's vision also included this thing that we called oversight and oversight is the element that helps us to put life into context uh, and my weak practical example for you on that one is, you could imagine it a bit like Neil Cheney flying in his aeroplane over Rathfriland. So oversight is that the broad perspective you get when you're flying, when you're looking from a higher point down on things. Plenty of people want to have a good vision. And for that good vision like Nehemiah, we need to have the foresight, we need to have the insight and we need to have the oversight. Those are all important for us as we seek to build and complete our vision. A vision like Nehemiah's is just a pipe dream without a plan of action. Plenty of people Plenty of people, maybe you've been guilty of this as I have been at times. Plenty of people have great ideas. There's plenty of things they would like to accomplish in business or in life. But they seem to have no sense of how they can actually make that dream happen. Nehemiah was a man who gave the people a vision. He also had a plan to complete it. And all the people bought into the plan because they could see. better future. They could see a better future for themselves, for the families and for the whole city. If you stop to think about it, the larger our social unit becomes, the more we become released from pettiness and from selfishness. So if we can keep our eyes off ourselves, if we can think about our family unit, that helps us to think about others rather than about us as an individual. If we think more about other people, if we think more about our businesses, then we're less likely to be selfish and self-centered. Maybe you need time to think about your employees, or if you don't have employees, you you certainly have customers uh, to think about and how you can keep them happy and how you can serve them to the best of your ability. You're thinking about your business, how you can improve it. You're thinking about the town, how you can contribute to it being a better town. You're, you're thinking about the policymakers, those in council, how you can play, how you can play your part. It lifts your mind from self when you're thinking about others. And we need, we need people to see past themselves. We need people to see something bigger. We need people to see a vision. For the life of First Friday, the town and the community. We need to get that big picture, that vision for where we do business, for where we live and where we spend time with people. And it's hard to get that sense of community, it's hard to get that sense of civic responsibility. Uh, someone said, how many people do you know? they would actually leave some money in their will to pay off the national debt. You probably don't know any, or if you do, there are very few. There are very few people with that great sense of supreme duty to to the nation or to their city. But yet, no, Nehemiah was the one who got the people, he got the people into action, rebuilding the city walls. And through his vision, through his planning, Nehemiah was able to accomplish two good objects. I think this is worth thinking about. Nehemiah, yes, he was going about strengthening the structure of the city walls. And he was also restoring the unity and purpose of the people. And we shouldn't underestimate this in life and in the life of business, and in the life of our town. When you think about the weakness of Jerusalem was destroying the character and the will, or the resolve, of the people that lived there. And if you think about that in our context, it's important for a town like Rathraeim to keep its businesses going for the good of the people last week we thought about a happy boss and happy employees we see this week that a happy city a prosperous city leads to happy and healthy people a town that is bustling a town that's doing business a town that's investing in itself gives the people it gives the people a buzz and a sense of pride they feel part of something they feel that they belong here and they want to contribute even more. Before we finish today, we need to analyze how Nehemiah organized the people for the purpose of building the walls. Because he had a lot of people to organize, he had a massive project in hand. And chapter three, you'll discover as you read through it that Nehemiah made the groups of men responsible for the different parts of the wall. He delegated, he divided the work up, each squad of workers was responsible for a specific area. As far as possible, every squad or every man would rebuild the section of wall opposite to his home, opposite to where he lived. It was a very wise arrangement by Nehemiah that would ensure number of things. Firstly it would ensure a bit of structure because the the workers were not running all over the place, they were working close to where they lived. It also meant that the people couldn't go and select their favourite place or the most prominent place or the safest place to work at for that matter. The fact was that nobody wanted the enemy to burst through the wall in front of their doorstep. So whenever you were building the wall in front of your doorstep you made sure it was a good job you made sure it was a strong job Uh, as the builders used to say pride in the job and that's what people wanted because they knew that as the neighbors walked past they would say boy built that because he lives there and that would reflect on your work you wanted to look well it also meant that the people knew they had contributed it also meant that there were no gaps left, as all of the wall rebuilding work was allocated out. Nehemiah had a vision, he had a plan, and he communicated that to the people effectively. He was effective because he gained the support of the people. And time after time, in this chapter three, you will read each in front of his own home. The people worked on their own doorsteps. They forgot about the selfish gain, and they bought into the vision of a better future. A better community, a better city for all. Business needs a vision, our town needs a vision for the future that all our people will be able to buy into. One in which our people will have a civic pride, they will take responsibility. One which offers a brighter future for all. There's no story that goes about about three bricklayers. And it helps illustrate, just in closing, what what we've been thinking about today. It helps us to think about how people can be motivated by taking ownership of a vision. So there were three bricklayers working beside each other on a particular wall. And someone came along and said to the first one, what are you doing? The bricklayer turned around and says, Oh, what does it look like I'm doing? In a sarcastic tone. He says, I'm laying bricks. The man asked the next guy on the wall, what was he doing? The next guy said, Well, well can't you see what I'm doing? I- I'm building a wall. Then the last man was asked, What was he doing? A- and he exclaimed, I'm building a great cathedral for God. Each one had a different view, each one had a different sized vision. And I trust that in some small way that we will all see ourselves as cathedral builders in the city of Rath Island. I trust that we, with all our responsibilities, all the different parts that we play, because all of the people in the city of Jerusalem were involved, that we all will see our part in a vision for a prosperous and a vibrant Rutherford Island and its businesses. Let's come and pray. Eternal God, you are the one who has watched the ebb and flow of businesses, economies, the nations and empires since time began. And we can rightly say that you have seen it all before. Today we want to come and commit to you again, our business leaders and owners. That you may give them a vision for the future of this town and the local economy we pray for those in civic leadership as they create development and revitalization plans that they may have wisdom for the benefit of all and not just a few for the betterment of all the local towns and villages and not just a few and as in the time of nehemiah we pray for leaders to lead us We pray for a vision that we can all embrace. Almighty God, we pray for those shops that provide us in the current pandemic with our essential items. We pray, Lord, for those businesses that are currently closed. The place where they served us food. The place where they made us better looking. The place where we could buy new or we could repair the old. Lord, we commit to you this day ourselves, our businesses and our time. We commit them to your care and keeping and pray that we may continue like Jerusalem to know peace and that one day prosperity may return and the people may say, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen.